0: Welcome to City Reach Cumberland's weekly podcast. We hope this message blesses you. For more information about us, you can check us out on the web at cityreachcumberland.com. So we're we're doing a thing on the helper, the Holy Spirit. And we we've, we've kind of been settled on John 16:13, which I mean, we've been just so much in that verse. It's just it's Awesome. I want to focus on the end of it today. Uh, Can you bring up the first slide? When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. And I want to focus right there today. Because most of us know, but God exists outside of time. He's not subject to the time like we are. You know, I can't all of a sudden right now say, oh, it's 1120. I'm just going to go ahead and jump ahead to one o'clock because, you know, I don't have that. I'm subject to, to the way this world was created in time. God is not. He's outside of time, which means he can see tomorrow, the next day. And what I really believe is it shows the amazing work of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to try to illustrate that again today. We're going to do a little more uh, illustrations, if you don't mind. And my illustrate, she's in the booth. Like, what's going on? Like, AJ? Jeez, okay. I'll, I'll let you go. We'll use Kara today. Come on, Kara. Stand up. Show them, show them your face. Show them. How. So Kara's going to be our my subject today. So here's Kara getting ready to lead her life. And as I talked about a few weeks ago, the Holy Spirit, Whitney, wants not you be the Holy Spirit today? The Holy Spirit, you get saved. The Holy Spirit comes in, fills you up, and now, Whitney, you're going to show her. Like I have a purpose, a plan, and a path for you. Here it is. This is this is the Father's will for your life. Now, obviously, it's not some what like amazing like. Revelation where you have this dream and you see every step and blah, blah blah. It's not obviously that easy. And what we have is an enemy that sees this and says, Man, I do not want Kara to walk in this thing. First of all, because I hate her because she's created an image-likeness of, of God. That's a that's a standard MO of the devil. So let's get that just right out in the open. Second of all, he says, I hate her because now I know if she starts walking in this path, she's going to do all kinds of good, and it's going to defeat a lot of stuff I'm trying to do. So I, really, I, I want to get anything I can. I don't want her walking this thing out. Now, so I'm going to start trying to work in her and trying to throw things at her and say, I, I need you, I, come on, I'm going to distract you with this, distract you with that. Now, the Holy Spirit can move ahead in her life, this is what blows me away. And say, I know if she goes to do, go to this spot, I already see the enemy. This is deep. I already see the enemy planning something out here. The enemy's already up here two steps ahead going, man, you know what? I need a Roy stand up. I already know this guy is going to get in front of uh, her walk, and he's going to try to spew doubt. He's going to try to spew ignorance. I hate the church. The church did nothing for me. I I don't go there. It's a waste of your time, waste of your effort. So what the Holy Spirit's going to come and do now in the current time is try to get her to say, listen, I need you to be in prayer. I need you to be grounded. I need you to really Pray, focus, get, get grounded in this thing. Now and again, now you sometimes you're thinking, like, you know, I'm just kind of busy today. I really don't feel like praying. Mm-hmm. Just kind of busy. There's other stuff going on. And so what happens is your spiritual acumen, if you will, is kind of down. Makes you a little more vulnerable. You're not praying protection over yourself. You're not pleading the blood over yourself. It's like you're subject to influences. So all of a sudden you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. So, Carrie, start walking. Now, if the enemy steps in and says, oh, man, let me tell you about that church. Blah, 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 blah. Negative, 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 negative. You might stop and go, huh, maybe they're right. Man, that one person I did know was gossiping about me. Man, I know they, that one girl did give me this snarly look. And all of a sudden, you're veering across this way. Sorry, Michelle. Can you skip by her? Sorry. So all of a sudden, Kara is on a different path. Now she's built up a little bit of resentment, anger, maybe confusion. Now the Holy Spirit's still walking along, saying, my job, man, I, my purpose, I have this over here. I need Kara to walk in this thing because there's needs there, there, there. And we have Kara designed purposefully to meet those needs. Let's say Lori is Kara's sister. Kara's sister is going through an unbelievable tragedy, something going on in her life. And the purpose right now is to have Kara speak life into her sister. Hey, I know you're going through this, but listen, Jesus is the answer. That's what God has purposed for her. But now that she's walking over here, She's not even going to have the desire to speak. And if, and if she sees Lori, instead of being like life, she's like, sorry you're going through that, but such is life. Life deals you some bad stuff. It's all I got for you. Sorry. So the Holy Spirit, again, working outside of time, come on around, Whitney. Sneak by a Royce there. Sneak by a Royce. Go grab Dana. This is, again, in the future. Kara's walking. Holy Spirit says, I'm going to meet you and introduce you to Dana. Dana just happens to be shopping at Walmart with Kara at the same time. And let's say they engage in a conversation over some needless item. They just happen to be shopping at the same thing about cereal. Man, you ever tried this? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's good. You, you like it? Well, I kind of like it, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's just... And Dana just, he, he's just, he's spiritually, like, grounded. He, he senses things. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you know, Kara, I, there's just something about you. I feel like you're struggling with something. You, anything I can pray with you for? Kara says, yeah, I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm confused, I've been hurt, I've been going to my church, but now I'm wondering if maybe there's, it's just full of deceit and doubt, and I don't know. And Dana starts spewing wisdom at her, like, Where's your trust? Where's your faith? Is it in man or is it in God? If it's in man, you're never going to be satisfied. But if it's in God, you have no fear. It's about Him. It's not about the church you're at. It's not about those people. It's about God. He prays with her. Man, she's like, I needed this so much. And the Holy Spirit's like, boom, made it happen. Do you think this happened randomly these, these inner encounters like this don't just happen. It's not coincidence. It's not just chance. That's the Holy Spirit moving and working. Now Kara's back on track. And again, we've said this before, But the beauty of it is, in your walk with God, getting back on track doesn't mean i got to go all the way back and start this whole walk over. Uh, you know? Like, no, 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 she, she already has, like, gifts, wisdom, things like that in her. It was just kind of clouded because she got distracted. She, got, she was subject to the enemy. So now the Holy Spirit is, is, will, will kind of give her this wisdom and say, listen, when I tell you you need to pray and you need to get in your word, it's because I love you and I know what's coming and I know that it, if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, you're going to get distracted again. You're going to get sidetracked again. You're going to get go through this whole phase of confusion again. And how many of us are guilty of that? We get hot for the word. We get hot for God. We go to like different, we'll go to like two, three services a week. We'll watch sermons online. We're reading our Bible every day. And all of a sudden, two days go by, three days go by, a week goes by. You haven't read it. You haven't prayed. And all of a sudden, you're like, there's like a hole there. You're like, what? what what's going on? Like, where, what, why am I so empty? And the Holy Spirit's going, Hello? I've been, I try to tell you, if you don't stay grounded in this thing, you're subject to all that distraction, pulling you this way, pulling you that way. And one of the greatest gifts, I think, that's very rarely talked about of the Spirit is discernment. Discernment to say, like, right away, because the, the, the Bible says that He he gives you the ability, like, God's, God will judge you by your heart. He's not looking at your outer appearance. So that same spirit now lives in you, which means you should have the ability to kind of look at someone and say, "Man, you have a good heart. Or maybe you don't have a good heart. I'm not saying you're going to be as accurate as God. Like You're not judging someone's heart, but you are at least the ability to say, man, I, I sense you have a really good heart. Or I sense maybe I need to maybe step away from you a little bit. So now, if Kara's walking with the spirit, and she comes across Royce again, she knows, man, what you're telling me is, that's a load of crap. I'm not listening to you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to preach at you. God's God's real, man. God's good. And my faith isn't in the church. And if, if you're biting into that gossip stuff, that's on you. I got things to do with God on my way. You guys come on back up. I might use you guys again in a second. You can have a seat for now. And I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be transparent and just give a, just a prime example in my life of something that happened. And I, I don't think I've ever really talked about this in this way. Well, I'm going to give two examples. When I was about 16, I was down visiting my dad. And middle of the afternoon, I happened to be at the house by myself. Dad was at work, my stepmom, and my stepsister had gone, I don't know where they were, but I was sitting there by myself. If I had the dog. It was me and the dog. And I just got this amazingly gut-wrenching, I don't even know how to describe it. It wasn't pain. It was this like anguish. I'm just sitting there like, what is wrong with me? Like I I was the I was the teenager that was like on the go fun laughing all the time like I'm like what is wrong with me like what is wrong and I, I was I mean this I was talking to the dog I was like what is what's going on here man I'm I'm like I feel like there's just something majorly wrong and I don't even like how do I explain this and my grandmother had raised me like taking me to church but I wasn't like a walking Christian if, if you will at that time and I just kept I mean for like An hour or two, this went on, and I just couldn't put a, I couldn't grasp what was going on with me. That night, when my dad came in, well, he's supposed to come in from work by five, it was about 11, and he was majorly intoxicated and proceeded to physically abuse my stepmom right in front of me. I had to like get involved. I mean, what 16 year old wants to get involved in that? And it was like it wasn't until later that I recognized like it's almost like I could sense something really, really bad was coming. And it was a learning, it was like a learning experience for me. Like I almost learned like, man, that that feeling is there's something there. And I started to like to walk in that learning, like, man, when I feel like that, there's something wrong. I, I need to like address it. How do I, but how do I know? And it's not until later when you figure out this whole walk with God thing that, man, when you start praying now, like, God, reveal it to me. Please, I need to know. Which is why, first of all, when you have those intuitions, but also, like, when you're praying and someone pops into your mind, it's probably a great chance that that's the person you need to pray for. It could be somebody you, you don't talk to hardly ever. It could be someone that, like, And don't think, like, you know, if you're a guy and all of a sudden some girl, like, pops in your head, it doesn't mean you're like, oh, I can't think about that girl. Like, that might mean you need to pray for that girl. Like, it's not just random. You're not just going to be, like, in prayer and, like, boom. Like, if I'm in prayer and all of a sudden Dan Kyle pops in my mind, I don't think, like, why am am I thinking about Dan Kyle? The Holy Spirit's like, pray for Dan Kyle. Pray for him. It doesn't matter. I don't need to know what he's going through. I don't need to call like now I shouldn't say that. I, I might, if I, if I really feel strong, I might have to call or text Dan and be like, hey man, is everything all right? You going through something? But it might just be like, man, pray for him right now. He's he's struggling. He's down. He's he needs lifted up. And don't think for a second that you praying for somebody that you don't even know where they're at. They could be half the country away, doesn't make a difference because it does. It does. When Jesus went to the mountain and prayed, do you think it meant something to the Father? Do you think Jesus was just going through the motions, or do you think it meant something? If you think it meant something when he did it, then it should say you that it means something when you do it. If you're praying to the Father for somebody, that prayer is doing something in the spiritual realm that you don't even have a clue what's going on, but it's happening. And you have to have faith in that. The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. The other, the other story I could tell on myself is I, I was twenty, I think I was twenty-seven or eight, I don't know. And a group of us went to Cedar Point amusement park, um, just a quick couple day getaway. And we went out to eat. Our waitress comes over. Uh, we, you know, she was really bubbly and. We said, like, hey, there's a group. we're going to see your point tomorrow. And she's like, man, I have a season pass. I'll bring some friends. We're like, what? Like, so she brings friends. We'll go to the park next day. Well, as the park, as the day's going on, she was talking about having this boyfriend and being all happy to, I'm really not happy. and I don't like it. I'm going back back to college, and I'm just trying to get away from him. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. So we ended up exchanging, like, emails, or I, I don't know, back then, I don't know if it was I I don't know, direct messages, AOL or something showing off my age. Um, And all of a sudden, she's like messaging me saying, like, I can't, I just can't stop thinking about you. And like, blah, blah. And here I am messaging this girl. And there's a part of me going, like, this girl's got a boyfriend. She's blah, blah, And I'm like, but she's not happy. And she's going back to college. And tug of war. And so she was like, I'm going back to school. Why don't you come visit me? I mean, I was at my job telling everybody, I was like, man, this girl, dude, I'm going up there. And like, everyone's like, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. And literally, I planned this whole trip, and like, the it was like the day or two before I'm supposed to leave, same feeling. And this time, though, I knew exactly what was coming. I knew the Holy Spirit was saying to me, do not go on this trip. Here's what's going to happen. This was as, as broad a picture as he, he's like, listen, you're going to go up there. This girl just got out of a relationship. She's going back to college. You're going to go up there because I hadn't been dating anybody for a while. I was like, like primed, ready to like, you know, be like fall for somebody. You're going to go up there. You're going to get all these feelings for this girl. You're going to fall in love with this girl that's five hours away. She's in college, just got out of a relationship. It's going to be a total disaster. That's what's going to happen. Now you think, honestly, you can think, well, Jay, you knew that, so why? Because my flesh is going, yeah, but. And I, I share with my coworkers, and they're like, that's just you're, just, you're just anxious about it. You're nervous. It's going to be great. You know, it's going to be good, but you need to go. And, and like, I can't even tell you this tug of war going into my spirit was going, man, why am I, I shouldn't be doing this. And my flesh is going, yeah, we should. Let's go. It was the ultimate tug of war. And exactly what happened is what happened. Exactly what the Holy Spirit warned me. I get up there, I get like, oh, this girl's amazing. She's perfect. And like two weeks later, she's like messaging me going, Yeah, I spent the night over at Chuck's last night. I'm like, what? Wait, what? 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 I mean, I'm in college. I'm living it up. And my life was a mess for a while because then she's like playing this, well, I really want to be with you though, but I'm just in college down enjoying it. So how about I come see you? I'll show you how much I really want to be with you. But then I'm going back to college. And, and my point of that is the Holy Spirit told me ahead of time. He said, I'm going to show you, I'm showing you what's to come. Now the choice is yours. You're going to walk in that, even though I'm warning you, where you want to satisfy your you satisfy your flesh, you want to satisfy your spirit. And I promise you, it happens with all of us. Because the, 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 the cravings of the flesh are so strong. Strong, strong, strong. And too often we even know, if I give in to that craving, what's coming. But I do it anyway. And the problem is, what we don't see a lot of times, is the Holy Spirit saying, I, I'm telling you what's to come. So, in the moment, all we see is, we get caught up in the works of the flesh, we see the moment. You know, you're flirting with this girl at work. She's married. Flirty, 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 flirty. And your spirit's going, man, I, sh- I got to stop. This. I mean, and your, your flesh's going, that's just innocent flirting, man. You ain't doing nothing. Just jokes. Everyone needs a good compliment. I'm just telling her she looks good. I'm not, not doing anything wrong. And your spirit's going, yeah, you are. You're planting seeds, and it's growing, coming up out of the ground. And you better, you better burn that thing real quick. Then she comes in the next day in a skirt and, hey, not trying to be, man, you look, man, you look amazing today. And near your desk, that's all you're thinking about. And if you're leaving work, thinking about the person you're leaving instead of the person you're going home to, there's a problem. But what we don't see in the moment is the Holy Spirit's not only concerned about this mess, but he knows that this mess is going to be a bigger mess because eventually this thing's going to blow up. Eventually, one side of it says, I got to be honest, I got to tell somebody, listen, I'm having an affair with, with Craig. I'm sorry, but I think I want to be with Craig, honey, and I'm, I'm leaving you. So now the husband is devastated, and you're the guy going, well, I didn't think about him. I'm just thinking about me, and there's a huge mess now in this family. You just broke up a family. And now you got two kids involved who are going to be split back and forth with the parent maybe. Or maybe the father just completely gets out of the picture because he's like, I just want to move on with this woman. Now you've got two kids growing up without a father. What happens to their future? And the Holy Spirit knows all this which is why he's trying so hard in the moment to say, listen, you're not seeing the big picture here. I know what's to come. When you make this mess, this little thing you think is a mess right here, it's going to turn into a forest fire. It doesn't just affect this moment. Once you start walking in that thing, you're ruining life after life after life. And five years down the road, you look back and think, I I didn't think about all that. I didn't realize but I promise you, the Holy Spirit wants to show you that. But it's hard in those moments when our flesh is just enraged. It's hard for the Holy Spirit to get in there and say, listen, let me show you what's to come. If you follow through with this, this is going to be an absolute disaster, not just for you, but for others as well. And if you don't, if you don't follow me in this, you're showing you have no love and compassion for others. It's all about you. It's all about you. And too often, we're worried about making ourselves happy. But the fruit of the Spirit says you want joy. And we've talked about the difference. Happiness is just basically what's what's around me in this current state. If I'm driving a nice brand new car, I'm happy. If I live in a nice home, I'm happy. If I'm in a good relationship, I'm happy. But if that thing all of a sudden is taken away from you, Where's your happiness go? But when you have joy, things No one can steal your joy. And what happens is a situation like this, so let's say I'm married, Holly's married, and I'm like, me and Holly work together, and I'm like, Man, Holly, you're looking good, man. you know, you don't deserve that cat. Or that cat don't deserve you because he's a bum. And da 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 da. And the Holy Spirit's going knock it off, get away, the flesh side of me that says, I love happiness, will continue to flirt because I want to make my flesh happy. The spirit side of me says, if you get away and stop the nonsense, you'll have joy because you did the right thing. You burned that thing. You, You said, I can't, Holly, I'm sorry, I've been wrong, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I've been flirting, I'm sorry I've been saying all these things, I'm married, you're married, we got to knock it off. And the end result of that, when you make the right decision to get back on course, is joy. You recommit to your marriage, you rededicate yourself. Maybe you need to repent, maybe you do, maybe you need to go to your spouse and say, listen, I've been wrong, I've been flirting with this person at work, I am so sorry, let's, let's, let's recommit to our marriage. Whatever's, whatever's not going on, let's, let's make it work. And the end result of that is joy. Now, when you're, when you're enraged in your, in your emotions, and your flesh... You don't think about that. You don't think about the joy. Joy comes as a result of the obedience. Happiness comes as the result of giving into the flesh. So the joy is not even a thought a lot of times. Joy actually comes through the result of the struggle. Because the struggle is, I got to get away. But the result of it is joy. Is that my next slide? Yes, many times joy is a result of obedience. It's not there in the beginning. It's the result of the obedience that brings joy. The Holy Spirit in the moment is saying, "I have something for you," or "I'm warning you about something," or "I want you to go to this place and do that." And you're like, "I don't. Why? I don't. I don't know. I don't. You know." Or, "I want you to go. You know. I want you to go talk to this person right now. Go. Go call Jeff Paul and see what you know. Like, I don't. About what? What am I just calling? Well, I, I mean, is Jeff? I don't." Okay, okay, okay. You know, and you call Jeff, and Jeff's like, "Man, I've been sitting here today. I'm really going through it, man. I'm just struggling." And da da da. And you pray with Jeff on the phone, and you get a breakthrough. What comes as a result of that? Joy. Both sides. Not just for him. That's not just for him. You're going to feel it too. And you're like, "Man, the result of my obedience to what the Holy Spirit was telling me resulted in something that brought joy." And the other flip side of it is a lot of times we're so, we're so caught up in our own world that we say, like, you know, you feel an unction again, and you're like, I'll, I'll call him tomorrow. And I'll call him the next day. I'll call him the next week. And you're thinking, like, well, I'm doing these other things that make me happy. And then you hear somebody comes in and says, Man, you hear about Jeff? Man, he's in a mess. And you're like, Oh, crap. And all of a sudden, that happiness that you satisfied you with means nothing. So a lot of times, you say, "We know happy situations." If someone says, "Hey, man, I want to, I want to take you out of my boat. We're gonna, we're gonna go out in the lake," and, and you're like, "Man, I know I'm gonna be happy doing that." Like, we know happiness going into something, but sometimes, you know, you're, you're all happy. Like, let's go out in the boat. We're gonna do some. Fitness. You're like, "Yeah!" And all of a sudden, you show up that day in thunderstorms. Disappointment, but the joy in that is the person like you, know, you, you kind of turn around and say, "Well, you know what? That's a good friend. We were going to go fishing. We had this connection. Like, still find joy in it." But too often we enter a situation just thinking about our happiness. But we don't think about the long term effect. And the last word. This is why the joy is the fruit of the spirit it comes by faith and obedience to the will of the Father. When we submit to that and we're willing to say, "Listen." Whatever I'm feeling, the Holy Spirit tell me I'm going to do it, because I know at the end of it I'm going to have joy. And sometimes you're like, I don't even, ha- how am I going to feel joy out of this? But you know, you do. And once you do it once, twice, three, four, five, six, seven times, you don't even think about it. You're just like, let's go, let's go. I'm trying to transition this. Give me the next slide, please. Is it, uh, The Holy Spirit allows us to see the good in people and see the needs around us. We approach these needs with no fear. That's another just aspect of that, man. When I, like, when you really are submitting to the will of the Spirit, you're not going to have a fear of, like, you know, someone you don't know that well. You know, again, like, someone could be like, man, you need to, you need to call Bob. And you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I want to say to him. It's like this fear. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? I don't, I don't know him. And it's like this fear comes on you. And It really doesn't make sense because what, what is there to be afraid of? Like to call somebody and to say, hey, man, are you all right? Can I pray with you? There's, that, there should be no fear in that. But yet we allow that to develop into this, like, fear of, like, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, and, like, When you start allowing the spirit to move you approach things with no fear you're not worried about talking speaking praying with anybody next slide yes this is where okay how many of you all have a situation in your life that you feel is a it's a dead it's a dead situation like and something you want back something you want to revive back The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature nature urges you to do, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Let's do a little comparison thing. The Holy Spirit went into the grave and lifted Jesus up back to life. That's what he did. The Holy Spirit, same one, not a different spirit, same one comes and he says, I want to reside in you. So if the Holy Spirit can revive a dead man, don't you think he can revive a dead circumstance in your life? A dead situation? Too often the words, I give up, or I guess it's not from God. I guess it's not meant to be. I guess I shouldn't. Encompasses our Breath. And the Holy Spirit's saying, man, listen, if it's the will of the Father, don't, don't use those words, give up. Don't, don't say, no, don't say it's not God. Don't say it's, because there are certain times when you know, like, I, this has, to, God has, like, in your marriage, there really shouldn't be much doubt that God says, I want your marriage to be blessed And work. God's not going to be like, I hope there's turmoil in your marriage. So, if there's turmoil in the marriage, you should know it's God's will to say, I don't, I want this to be a unity. And we're like, well, it's just dead. We don't, we don't care about each other anymore. We're just da 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 da. This is where you have to dig and say, I trust that the Holy Spirit means what He says. That if he can go in and raise a dead man, he can come in and raise a dead marriage. If he breathed life into Jesus, he'll give life to your moral bodies by the same spirit. That doesn't just mean he's going to bring you back from the dead. That does, that's, not, that's not what that means. He'll give life to whatever you need to give life to. But too often we don't trust him. We want to do it. I got to do this. And here's here's one of the bigger problems. Here's one of the biggest. I'm gonna I'm gonna end kind of here. with This in all my studying and looking through, like, because how many of us we want to see signs, miracles, wonders? We want to see God move. We want to see things that are just unbelievable. Two people. That's it. God, I saw. I, I see two common denominators, mainly, when I look at all the works that Jesus did. The first one's in Luke 4.1. Next slide. What was Jesus full of? The Holy Spirit. When did he start his ministry? After he was full of the Holy Spirit. After he was baptized by John, the Holy Spirit came and descended on him. That's when his ministry took off. That's the first step. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, the second thing I've seen in a lot of the scriptures, we're going we're to, I'm going to have some people read for me. You ready? I don't know who has what, but we're going to start reading. Read me uh, Matthew 9.36. Who's got Matthew 9.36? He had compassion on them because he saw they were sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14, 14. Say, say, say the beginning part again. Compassion. Matthew 15, 32. Matthew 18, 27. Okay, now, before we go any further, I know some different uh, versions have the word pity there. But let me tell you, in the Greek, this word compassion and pity is the same word. Okay? And pity, see, too often, we I think we, pity has gotten a bad rap over the years. We hear pity, and all of a sudden, we think, we think of this just pathetic and Pity means, this is Merriam-Webster, sympathetic sorrow for one who is suffering, distressed, or unhappy. And you hear people all tell, I don't want your pity. Well, David Judah, if you were here last night, talked about that. What you're basically saying is you're slapping away someone's spiritual blessing they want to bestow upon you. Someone comes up to you and says, man, I want to bless you. Something? I don't want your pity. Wow. Pity and compassion are basically the same thing. You say somebody has compassion, you are like that's a good thing. I pity. Nah, I don't want to pity. It's it's kind of the same thing, guys. Like let's let's before we start bashing the word pity, it's the same same thing. So when you hear the, if you hear these different translations, sometimes pity, sometimes compassion, it's the same word in the Greek it means the same thing. Uh, Where did I leave off? What, what, who just read? Ray, what'd you read? Matthew twenty thirty four. Matthew twenty thirty four. That sounds right. Mark one forty one. Oh, did I get I didn't give you a slip? There, did I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Michelle, you want to read it too? I knew you had it marked. Oh, okay. He was so sorry for the man, So he put his hand on him and said, I want to now. you are well. At once the man's leprosy disappeared, and he was well. Mm. Sorry, Phil. i would given people previous slips. Sorry. You didn't know. Sorry. Mark five thirty-four. Mark eight two. Mark eight two. That's the same thing. I'm sorry, nine twenty-two. Mark nine twenty two? I miss one? Sure, if you have it. her said, Daughter, Your faith well, and that nine twenty two? have pity. Luke 7:13. 10:33, Luke. And The last one is Luke 15:20. Different translations, but that word, either compassion or pity, should have been in all of them. That's okay, that's okay. But if you see there, Jesus was moved with compassion. Other people in those stories were moved with compassion. Compassion is simply, do you care about someone else's needs and do you have it even above your own needs? And what I'm seeing, there's a couple things here. First of all, when when you put the Holy Spirit and compassion together, that should result in power. That should result in signs, miracles, wonders. But here's where I think the Holy Spirit kind of tests us because, (laughs) bear with me, I want to start walking in this thing. All right, God, So with Holy Spirit. I want to start waving this thing. I'm gonna start praying. I'm gonna start laying my hands on people. Jordan, I'm gonna lay my hands on you. I'm going to believe you're you're you're. Something, let's say you walk up here, uh, your legs, you're limping, and I pray. Pew, Jordan walks away normal. Man, pain's gone. At that moment, don't think for a second the Holy Spirit or the the enemy's trying to come in and say, "Oh boy." Pride, that's what I'm going to use. Is your thought, let's be honest, this, is your thought here, Jordan has now a better life, and an ailment just got healed, and I'm so thankful Jordan has a better life, or is your first thought, I have the power to heal people? Because that's what the enemy's going to try to use. Now that he knows where you've gotten to, He's got to try to twist it somehow. I'll fill him with pride. And now, when you think, I'm going to go pray and heal somebody, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. But what you don't have is true compassion for the person. What I need to do when I see a need, when I see something, when I see, like Holly, let's say Holly comes in, her eyes, you know, blah, blah, she's having her isolates just a mess. I should, my thoughts should be, okay. Am I full of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Checkbox two. Do I have compassion? Which means, do I care about Holly's vision? Do I want Holly's life to improve? Do I care that Holly, when she leaves here, is is going, praise God, my eyes are healed. That's got to be the driving force. And that's the problem a lot of times with what's in here, is we don't have true compassion. Compassion isn't, see, when Jesus when Jesus after the, the, the Holy Spirit descended on him, he knew it. the power was no longer ever going to be a question. The Holy Spirit's in me and on me. That's not even an issue now. And too often with that's that's a problem too. I'm not really full of the Holy Spirit. Well, I, I might have been a couple days ago, but now I messed up a couple of times. I'm getting all these things. That should be like, that first box should be checked and done. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean you don't, I mean... You have to continually stay in that though, which meant like Jesus every night. What'd he do? went to the mountain and prayed. He'd pour out all day, go get in prayer that night, get filled back up, constant cycle. So once you're filled, doesn't mean you've got to stop, or you stop praying, reading your Bible, doing those things. Stay filled. But, but when you're filled like that, the power is in you and that, that shouldn't even be a doubt or, you know, like, I don't know if I can pray for Phil, man. I don't know if, I... yes, you can. Oh, feel you need prayer? Let me let me go find Fred. Hold on, hold on. Let me go find Fred. Nope.